inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boatin as Christ is magnified in you. Proceeds with inspiration from your spirit. Thank you that hearts and our minds are engrafted in your word. And we see real development and real improvement in our lives. Thank you so much. Even in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. May kindly take your seats in heavenly places where you belong. I glad you're in church. Wow. Ask your neighbor you at all. I glad you're in church at all. I want to share some few things with you from last week, right? Last week we started sharing. Called you on Tuesday, isn't it? And you came. You did so well. Last week, Tuesday, I started by sharing uh, concerning Colossians chapter three, from verse one, isn't it? Okay, so let's look at it, and then I was trying to share some things that you can do. Okay, what God expects you to do. There should be something that you are to do with respect to what God wants in your life. Okay. And whatever God says you should do is with respect to um, him helping us accomplish what he wants us to do. In Philippians chapter 2 verse 12, go to Philippians 2 12. Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Then it says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. What he's saying is that the salvation that you have received must be brought forth into the world. And do so with fear and trembling because this is your only hope. There's no other way you can make it. The day you settle in your heart that there's no other means of you becoming something in this world apart from through the gospel. That day marks the beginning of your real Christian life. Because a lot of Christians think that there are other sides, there are other things that they can do to, to make it or to become something. You see? But the only means of your development and your growth and your well-being and the only means of securing your future is through the word of God, through God's word. Finish. A lot of people still have their uncles in mind when they think about the future. They have their fathers in mind when they think about the future. They have their beloveds in mind when they, come, when they think about the future. Is, is what I'm saying, is it true or is it not true? Yeah. Or you have, you have a, a certain corporation or company that you believe will, will be able to handle things for you when you leave school or where, where you are working. Sometimes where you are working is so powerful that in your mind, your life is secured. It's finished. But he's trying to let you know that your salvation is the most important thing. So work it out. And do it with fear and trembling. Because it's very important. 
Okay, next verse. Look at the next verse. Verse 13. Let's read the Amplified. The Amplified is nicer. Makes us understand even better. He says, don't do this in your own strength. Go back. Go to verse uh, 12. Amplified. Verse 12. Okay. Work out, cultivate, carry out to the goal, and fully complete your own salvation with reverence and awe and trembling, self-distrust, with serious caution, tenderness of conscience, watchfulness against temptation, timidly shrinking from whatever might offend God and discredit the name of Christ. So he's expecting you expecting to do all these things. Are you seeing it? Okay, continue. Then he says, do all these things, not in you, but not in your own strength. He's expecting you to do all these things, timidly shrinking away from sin. Because sin will prevent you from letting the salvation that is in you come out. Okay? Not in your own strength. For it is God who is all the while effectually at work in you. There are some things you can never stop until you take, you give it, you hand it over to God completely. And tell God, God, I'm tired. God, you know, I've prayed, I have fasted, I have jumped, I have confessed it, I have some assorted in the meeting. They have laid hands on me. My, my head almost became bowed. They have done, they've done all that they're supposed to do for me, but it is not working. I've sold seeds for it. I've cried. I've done whatever. It's still not going. Father, I'm handing it. The earlier you come to that point, the better. Just hand it over to God. Just give it to Roll it over to God. And tell God, take it. It's yours. And he will handle it. He says, not in your own strength, for it is God who is all the while effectually at work in you. And it is energizing and creating in you the power. He energizes and creates in you the power and the desire both to will. Even the willingness to do something is from God. The willingness to pray. You want to pray for one hour, but when you realize that it's not working, you can shout or you check your watch and it's just five minutes. There's, there's, a, there's a power with this. It is, it is God who is effectually, all the while effectually at work in you, energizing and creating you the power and desire, both to will and to work for his good pleasure and satisfaction and delight. So whatever, God, whatever instruction God gives you through his word is with respect to his working in you. It's called the grace of God. The grace of God is God at work in you. God at work and man at rest. I seeing it. Yeah. So learn to accommodate the help of God in your life. Most of us are used to functioning on our own. We are lone rangers. We are not like Liverpool. We always walk alone. Liverpool says they will never walk alone, isn't it? But you, you walk alone. You are like Chuck Norris, lone ranger. One man thousand. Hallelujah. <laughs> so whatever instruction that comes, you must receive the instructions of God on the basis of the fact that that is the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. In the Old Testament, God gave a law for the people to live by. You were, you were to live by it. If you can't live by it, it's up to you. The law was like a husband who, okay, go to Romans chapter 7. That's not part of my message, but let me just show it to you. Let me show you the difference between the old and the new, okay? Romans chapter 7. Let's read from Verse 7. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? 
Then he says, God forbid. Nay, I had not known sin but by the law. For I had not known lust, except the law had said, Thou shalt not covet. Hallelujah. I would, not have, I would never have known sin. So the law is given to make my men see sin and know what sin is. Even though the law is not sin, the law's job is to manifest and let you know that you are a sinner. Hallelujah. <laughs> what shall we say then? Go back, go back to verse 7 so that we read it together. Okay? What shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. Nay, I had not known sin by, by the law. For I had not known lust. I said the law had said, Thou shalt not lust, thou shalt not covet. But sin, taking occasion by the commandment, wrought in me all manner of concupiscence. For without the law, sin was dead. Sin was inside man already. Now when the commandment came, sin, was not, sin had not revived in man. Until the law. For instance, if we don't tell you that uh, taking this TV away to your home <laughs> is stealing. It's caught stealing and it's wrong. You come and come and take it home. Isn't it? And you'll be watching and enjoying it during the week. And you wouldn't feel bad. Because no commandment has been given. And you don't know that it is wrong. You may even bring it back on Sunday morning. (laughs) After church, you carry it back again. (laughs) Hallelujah. But until the law is given to you that thou shalt not take the TV to thine house, you will not know that it's wrong. Now, when the law is given, the sin that was already in man, you know, all men didn't say that, said that they were not sinners. Every man felt that he obeyed God. And he kept God's, God's word and God's law. And he was right. They even condemned God. So God decided to give them a law to reveal to them what they were so that they can cry to him for a savior. That's what the law is for. So the Bible says that the law was a schoolmaster bringing us to the school, to Christ. Do you see? <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> so I would not have known sin unless the law had said, Thou shalt not covet. But when I heard that thou shalt not covet, thou shalt not last. Sin, taking occasion by the commandment, wed in me all manner of desires. Now that you know that this take, not taking this TV away is, is, a, is, is, a, is a commandment from God, you will just be whistling around it. Charlie, this thing is nice, pal. Then you measure it, and then you, you take your hand like this home, and you go and measure your wall to see how well it will look on your wall. You are, it just starts working in you all kinds of desires that you never thought you had. Then he says, for without the law, sin was dead. Verse 9. For I was alive without the law once, but when the commandment came, sin revived, and I died. Look at the next thing. And the commandment which was ordained to life, it was ordained to life, I found to be unto death. Continue. For sin, take occasion by the commandment, deceive me and by it slew me. Wherefore the law is, says, the law is holy, and the commandment holy, and the law is just and good. So that as for the law, is from God. The law represents the lawgiver. Who is the lawgiver? God. So God was in the law. It's called lively oracles. God was in the law. But the problem with the law is that the law could not help you overcome what he's saying that don't do. He doesn't help you in any way. He's like a perfect husband who does not want to see anything shift or any debt in his house. Yet will not want you to get a house help. Yet has impregnated you 12 times. And you have 12 children in the house. 
yet he wants breakfast hot, lunch hot, supper hot, no fridge food. And he doesn't want the children to destroy the home in any way. His home must always be intact, his bedroom must always be intact, everything in his place, everything must be intact. White carpet, he put his white carpet on the, on, in the hall. And he says he doesn't want to see any death on the carpet. So all he's interested in is giving instructions, but he will not lift even one finger to help you obey the instruction. Can you keep that instruction of such a husband? No, you will end up, I mean, one of the children will just be on the carpet. The other will carry the TV and put it somewhere. I mean, you know children. <laughs> so one, one man said, eh, 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 he saw a student come, he said, hey, look at these little demons. <laughs> hey, the children could just worry. They can just, they'll just come, ah! As soon as they come, they're just pushing things down. They're doing things. Three boys. At a point, the man even left the children. I'm sure it's happening in Kumasi. He left them. He left the house for one month. Oh, he was tired. So he left them to them. So he bought food for them and left. <laughs> he, buys, he buys one. Oh, it was, it was terrible. Hallelujah. That was how the law was. But in, in, in the New Testament, the, all this is Old Testament. Paul was describing how he was before he received salvation. Okay? So go to the last verse of this particular. The last verse of this particular chapter is the victory note that Paul announces. And the, the deliverance from the trouble that he had. Then chapter 8 verse 1 even emphasizes more. He says, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Then he says, so then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. Then he says, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Have you seen it? Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Then he says, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. We have been made free from the law of sin and death. Then he says, for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. This was the problem of the law. The law, the law could not help you to accomplish what God wanted you to, to accomplish because it was weak through the flesh. It couldn't help us achieve anything. It is God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. So that those of us who, go to the next verse, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. So, so long as you are born again, you have been delivered from the law the spirit of death. Okay, and a lot of sin. Now you are you are liberty to serve God because God is now in you, helping you to achieve. I preached this some time ago. I don't know for the four laws, right? I preached about the law. This morning was was playing on five minutes basuti. Okay, so I think you should listen to it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, but I preached it in, in a in a long message in a series. I think I preached about six messages in a car. Yeah, there are videos, right? Yeah, there are videos, so you can look for it. Hallelujah. But grace is there to help you to watch. God gives the instruction. And this time around, God meets the instruction in you. Do you, do you get it? All you need to do is to clear off so that God can do what he wants to do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So whatever instruction God gives, he comes, he's in you to meet the instruction. So God is in you. God, God is the lawgiver. Outside of you, he gives the law. But inside of you, he's the law keeper. He's in you to keep the law. He has given the law outside of you, but he's inside you to help you keep the law. Do you understand what I'm saying? So it is possible to live a perfect life in the New Testament. A life without sin. It is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. So, 
In Colossians chapter 3, the Bible lets us know what to do with our minds. Okay. And the last time I spoke to you, I spoke to you uh, concerning what to, the things to make your aim. There are things that God will have you make as, you know, as your aim, as a Christian. You must have an aim. Tell anybody, you must have an aim. You must have aims. If you don't have aims, you will never know when you've accomplished them. Okay? If you are just, you just came to university and you were just there, you, you didn't know why you were there, you, you will not graduate. You will not graduate. You can't graduate. Hallelujah. Because there was, there was no aim. You, you didn't know what you were doing. In the same way, there are aims in the Lord. And Colossians chapter 3 from verse 1 to verse 3 is one of the aims that God gives, you, God gives to us. Then 1 Corinthians 14 verse 1 is also another aim that God gives to us. You see, and the last time I mentioned them, the one in Colossians chapter 3, he says, If then you have, you have been raised with Christ to a new life, that's sharing his resurrection from the dead. He says, aim at. Say aim at. aim at. So make this one of your aims as a child of God. Aim at and seek the rich eternal treasures that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Aim at. Let your mind... Okay, go to the next verse. The next verse clarifies it even some more. It says, and set your minds and keep them set on what is above, the higher things, not on the things that are on the earth. Set your mind on the higher things. Set your mind on what Christ has done for you, what God has done for you in Christ Jesus. Make it your aim. That's what to do with your mind. What do you catch yourself thinking? Is it naked women? Sorry, the last in our system is not a joke these days, though. You know, it's not a joke. One lady said that when she thinks about guys, she just gets sad for them because of all the things that are happening in the world. This is bottoms and breasts. It's like, it's, it's like tomatoes. Even Pepsi wouldn't advert. Even Bob. Bob. Someone is fixing Bob. Cried, they'll remove the ties first. Oh. Charlie, it's like, you don't know what I'm talking about. Do you know what I'm talking about? Do you know what I'm talking about? Are you not under pressure? It's like there's some kind of pressure. Oh, Charlie, am I lying? Is it true? Are you under some kind of pressure? <laughs> yeah. It's pressure on the brain. You see most guys, the, the, the veins on their, on their heads are just showing. <laughs> pressure. Pressure group. <laughs> check, your, check the nearest guy to see if there's some marks. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, it's, it's part of the end time. It's part of it. Okay, it's part of it. If you read in Second Peter chapter one, verse four, look at Second Peter one four. Then I'll show you Philippians two, uh, fourteen, like where we're reading before. Let's read King James. It says, "Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises." Then it says that by these promises, okay, the promises are the things that are above, the things that are, are in Christ. Setting your mind on righteousness will help you. Setting your mind on the greatness of God will help you. Setting your mind on the riches of God will help you. Setting your mind, I mean, where your mind is, is very important. What your mind is set on is very important. If you set your mind on earthly things, you will fail. So it says, make it your aim. It says, whereby given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these promises ye might be partakers of the divine nature. 
We are partakers of divine nature, but you can partake in it even some more by virtue of these handing, hand, having your mind on these promises. The more you keep your mind on God, the more you become a partaker of the divine nature. I'm not, I'm not the one who says that by these you might be partakers. You might be. We know we are partakers of the divine nature, but he says the more you keep your mind on the promises, the more you partake of the divine nature. Your spirituality increases as you keep your mind on God. Instead of things on the earth. Hallelujah. Then he says, having escaped by this, you will become a particle of the divine nature. And it will cause you to escape the corruption that is in the world through lust. The, corrupt, the serious corruption in the world. The pride of life. The lust of the flesh. What else? The lust of the eyes. Huh? Go to first, first John chapter 2. Let's read from verse 14, I believe. I have written unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. There are different classes of Christians. They are fathers, they are young men. I have written unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. Then it says, I have written unto you, young men, because you are strong. And the word of God abideth in you, and you have overcome the wicked one. Next verse. Love not the world. Tell me about love not the world. Love. It's an instruction from the Lord. Love not the world. Neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Go to the next verse. Verse 16. For all that is in the world, he's showing you the things that are in the world. You remember the other places that keep your mindset on things above, not on things on the earth. So what are the things on the earth? He's showing you some here. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Three things. The lust of the flesh. What, what, what do you think it means when he says the lust of the flesh? Feelings. Obeying feelings. I feel like it. <laughs> feel it. Ask your neighbor, what, how are you feeling? What are your feelings? For all that's know, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the flesh, and in our day, it is so wild, it is more. We are functioning by our feelings. Recently, we, we saw on, on Facebook and all those places that there are mannequins for uh, uh, sex dolls now. There are sex dolls in the system. Hey, and boys are purchasing them. <laughs> and saying that this one, no men's, no anger, no nothing. It's just yours every time. Last. It's like it's becoming normal for some things to just happen in our system. It's called a crooked and a perverse generation. Yeah. Hmm? Go to that place. Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. Go to Philippians 2, 13. Our, our world is not a small thing. Oh. Hey! Is it true? Is it true? Or you are in something else? Why are you? Are you, are you in the world? You've never gone to America, but you, you, you know all that is in America because of Instagram. We can just... Instagram people are shaking their bottoms all over the place. <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah. All over. Oh, you, 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 you go Facebook, this everywhere. Oh, there's no place of escape. Last education. What? Advert. TV advert. Everywhere. 
Yeah, verse 15, rather. Go, let's read from verse 14 to 15. Do all things without memories and disputings, so that ye may be blameless and harmless. The sons of God without rebuke, because they are sons of God who have rebuke. Hmm? Then it says, in the midst of a crooked and a perverse nation, crooked and a perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world. We are the light of the world. And we must shine as the light of the world. By being different. And by, the way you can be different is through your mind. What you start setting your mind on makes all the difference. What are you thinking? Are you thinking like they are thinking? You see, your mind is fed by the things that you are watching. Charlie, we are watching things though. We are watching things. X something. The last of the flesh. Then the last of the eyes. We are interested in seeing. The Bible says that the eye is not satisfied with seeing. If the eye were, were, were like a, a CD player or a CD. I mean CD, it has space, isn't it? Even your pen drives have space. After some time, after some whatever, putting some files on it, you can't, it's full. File, uh, pen drive full, you can't load more. But the eyes does not have that. It's just seeing no end. There's never satisfied with seeing, always seeing. In, in serious internal memory, big. It's more than iCloud and all Google Cloud and all those things. So set your mind. Tell me about set your mind. Tell it also it's to work. You won't be a good Christian. You'll be a very bad Christian, a crooked one. Crooked one, you are and you are educated in bad things. You are senior in, in evil. You are snake under glass. Snake under window. When they open the window, then you back. Hey. Hallelujah. Tell them, but keep your mind on things above. It's important though. It's important. Your transformation and your transfiguration is based on what you are thinking. You want change around you. How many of you want real change? Like you want to really do well as a child of God. That is why we talk about you doing something called quiet time. Okay. If you are not into quiet time, like doing, setting your mind, starting your morning right by setting your mind on God. If you are not into that, when you wake up, the first thing you go for is your phone. Doesn't I feel like throwing my phone out, out of my life? I feel like using yam. I thought about it very well. I wanted to use yam. Because when I wake up, you see, pastor, they don't know when you are supposed to sleep and when you are supposed to be. Like, there's no, there's no beginning of the work. The pastoral work, there's no beginning. There's no opening time. You know, bank, they'll open maybe at 8.30. They'll say opening at 8.30 and closing at 4 p.m. House of God, no opening time, no closing time. Always. Auto open, no close, every time. Unless you put your phone off. It don't happen. Sometimes I put my phone off. When I put it on, the message comes. You can't even read. And everyone demands that you call back or you send a message back or you do something back or something. So you can spend like three hours just, you are just replying message. Just pop, 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 pop. Do this one, do this one, this one, do, do Go here, be here. Just when I was coming to be, someone called me. So, Pastor, so this one, I said, Brother. I'm going to preach. Are you going to bring this problem to me as I'm going to preach? 
Yeah, they don't know. I mean, they just... Sometimes I try to set a, a rule that nobody should call me before I preach. Like, two hours before I preach. Nobody, everybody should just go... It doesn't work till date. <laughs> doesn't work. Sometimes I can be preaching. You see that sometimes I can, I'll, I'll check. Someone sent me a message. But you, you realize that you two, when you wake up, the first thing is your phone. You pick your phone up and it carries you throughout the day. Have you, I don't know if you have realized it. Throughout the day, it, it starts just, you're just going. From WhatsApp to Instagram to Facebook to Twitter to, 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 to Snapchat to what? Which one, which one is there? Watch, now they have even added WhatsApp status to the thing, worsening the whole thing. Initially, WhatsApp was safer. But right now, WhatsApp status, you can have someone status, the bars are like 75. <laughs> And only him you can be watching. Uh, oh, I want to like, why, why, why? Just, just say this thing. Set your mind, though. Decide. Tell me about decide. Set your mind and keep it f- set. Keep it. Set. The dangerous aspect is that he says that it is idolatry when you set your mind on something else apart from God. I'm not, I'm not the one who said it. It's in Colossians. Colossians chapter 3, where we are reading now. Verse 4. Go to verse 4. Colossians 3, 4. Amplified. When Christ was alive. Go to the next verse. Verse 5. Then it is so kill, deadened, deprived of power, the evil desire lurking in your members. He says it is lurking. Okay? It is lurking in your members. But deprive it of power. Hey, you'll be shocked at what you can do. If we release you, you are like an animal. If we release you like this, eh? your body is like an animal. It's like a, it's like a dog who is waiting to... Yes, waiting to just go. Oh, oh, oh is it true? You are, when you check yourself, you realize that you are not a good person. You, if, we, if we check your flesh, like your flesh... If God says you should go back into the world 10 minutes and come back, the 10 minutes, you will never come back. You have, you, it's say also. It's, if God says there's no hell, so you can do whatever I want to do. Is it true? Yeah. If you check your flesh and you realize that the animalistic impulses are more, it means that your mind is not set on the right thing. Hey, you realize that you can easily fornicate. You can easily lie. You can easily steal. You can easily, like, what, what else can you do? What are the vices that are in the world? You can easily gossip. Very easily. Before I realize you have said it, then you remember, hey. It's supposed to be a secret. Don't tell anyone. You told the person, don't tell. But you said it already. And what else? What else? You are going to check yourself. You can quarrel. Like, you can very easily quarrel. Over 20 <laughs> And he says, the evil desire lacking your members, those animal impulses, and all that is earthly in you that is employed in sin, sexual vice, impurity, sexual appetites, unholy desires, and all greed and covetousness. For that is idolatry. It is idolatry to set your mind on these things. Because you replace God with them. Remember I mentioned that you are not going to do the word of God through your own strength. You are going to do the word of God through the spirit of God who is inside you. Isn't it? 
So, by the Spirit of God who is inside, you can become a better Christian. One who is independent of some of these things. Message. Let's read the message version. And that means killing off everything connected with, the way, with that way of death. Sexual promiscuity, impurity, lust. Doing whatever you feel like whenever you feel like it. And grabbing whatever attracts your fancy. That's a life shaped by things and feelings instead of by God. That's, that's basically what I'm talking A life shaped by what? Things and feelings instead of a life shaped by God. I want to have a life shaped by God. Yes, you check your life. I tell you, a Christian. Oh, you are a crystal. You are a crystal. A crystal person. I preached a message recently to the leaders called Christosum. Yeah, Christosum. Become a Christian. Correct Christian. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me show you. Let me show you a certain scripture in the Bible. Go to Second Peter chapter one. Let's read from verse eight. Second Peter one from verse eight. You see, he had spoken about some things earlier. And he's, he's showing you these are things that he expects you as a child of God to do. Like if you want to be a Christian uh, who has the edge, like you are an, a cutting edge Christian, you are becoming correct. What, what are the benefits of becoming spiritual? There are so many benefits of being a spiritual person. Okay? For instance, you won't worry about HIV. If one God is talking about you keeping yourself and all that, he, you see, HIV, this boy just told me he, he was a very bad boy when he was growing up. And the guy who was, he was a very bad boy with a certain guy. The guy has HIV now and is dying. He's in the last stages and is dying. He's, how old are you now? You are 24. The guy is also 24. He is dying. You see, he has been saved because he has become spiritual. By now, he would have died a long time ago. You save yourself from gonorrhea and all those things. Like, you are weeping and you are... You don't know. I mean, you have all kinds of complications in your life. Like you have peace of mind. Nobody. Just yesterday, yesterday we were having. I was doing some checks here. Then he, same guy, he came to me that someone has called him from a car that she's pregnant. What should she do? She should remove the pregnancy, or she should keep the pregnancy? Should she? What should she do? And they've come to me that I should give decision. I mean, am I the one who, when we were doing that thing, was I there? Why are you coming to ask me such a question? Come, come and ask me, okay? Don't worry, come and ask me. Hallelujah. But you save yourself from a lot of. Things like if you don't have your if you don't have your message, then something is happening to you. You are afraid, yeah, God. Yeah. And you see, when the guy impregnates you, to he will go away. You you will be there with the pregnancy. It is your stomach that will become big. You are the one to face all the shame. Slap the guy when he's like just Charlie, brother, hold the thing and just throw it away. Change gears when you just change the gear. Go away. Ah, what is it? Give the Lord a shout if you like my message. Hallelujah. Yeah, complications. You complicate your life, baby. Eh, baby. Oh. No freedom. No peace of mind. No peace of mind. You don't have peace of mind. Every time you are worried, you are worried that they will catch you. Because one, lady, one lady's name is Low Battery on her phone. The lady's name is Low Battery. The other lady's name is <laughs> Mechanic. Meanwhile, you don't have a car. The other person's name is Fridge Repairer. I mean, stress. You don't have a normal, like, you have to be lying to cover up things. And 
so many you are always under pressure oh, oh, is it not true what i'm saying but why well, spirituality lets you become free of these things free of the, there's no pressure on your mind you will live long you live very, very long you're safe from a lot of things you become cool yeah and when you're praying to god you are not shy you know you can be praying to god and you're shy that's what i to god god check if God is inside. God, are you there? I mean, you can feel free and approach God without any. You can worship freely. You can lift up holy hands. It's not about lifting the hand. As you're lifting it, then you go back. As God, when you go to the middle, the devil says, hey, "Foolish, foolish boy, put your hand down." It's difficult. Like you can't. And when when the pastor is preaching, he's mentioning the vice that you are into. Like I will not stop saying such things. You are, your life is at risk. You are abortion. This one. You don't know if maybe that's the, la- the only child you have. Then you have taken the child out. Eh, then you bring us problems later. We have to be fasting and pray. Miracle baby, Lord. What God was wanted to do for you. I mean, you your life, you can just live a, a stress-free life. Eh? A, a good life. Yeah, choose, choose to be spiritual, okay? What do you think? Yeah. Huh? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, keep your mind on, on, on things above. It's very important. Okay? If you remember on Sunday, I was talking about the knowledge of God. How, how powerful the knowledge of God is. Your spirituality is dependent on the knowledge of God that you have. Okay? Your knowledge, the knowledge, your development as a child of God is dependent on the knowledge of God. Your deliverance. I quoted a scripture from Proverbs chapter 11 verse 1. Proverbs 11 verse 9. An hypocrite with his mouth destroyeth his neighbor. Then it says, but through knowledge shall the just be what? So your deliverance from all these troubles, all these things, the change you require, you want, I've told you is on what your mind is on. It's on the knowledge you are, you are thinking on. What are you thinking on? This is what I'm talking about. The knowledge of God is what delivers you. So he says, Through knowledge shall, the just, shall my righteous sons be delivered, be set free from what is binding them into their glorious liberty. Because you can be a child of God and you're not benefiting from it. There are a lot of Christians who don't benefit from it. That's why they don't, take it. They don't think it's anything. They don't, I don't know if you've seen them before. They've been Christians for 20 years, but they don't benefit from it. There's nothing. I mean, there's no difference. There's no edge. They, they, are, they are not on the cutting edge in Christianity. They are not really benefited. But if you, you go to some places, you see people who have really benefited from God. Their knowledge of God has produced real results. Hey, I went to Canaan there. Maybe one day we should go there. It's not a small thing. Hey, you will see the knowledge. Some, you see a spiritual man with spiritual people who have accomplished great things physically speaking buildings grow they germinate from the ground and the kind of germination is not the cocoa type of germination you know cocoa is five years before you can have it. it's maize it's maize type of germination three months buildings grow like this <laughs> hallelujah i don't know about you charlie i want i want i want us to be a different group of people what do you think like Christians, children of God. 
What God calls us is what we are. It's through knowledge. Through knowledge. The knowledge of God that you have. Look at 2 Peter 1 from verse 1 to verse 2. Okay. 2 Peter 1, 1 and 2. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith. So he's writing to you and I. With us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Then verse 2 says, grace. Say grace. grace. You remember today I was talking about grace, isn't it? That grace is the working of God in you. Isn't it? Is it true? It says grace and peace. The word peace is shalom. It means Peace that produces prosperity. Grace, he says, God, God's working in you can be multiplied. Grace and peace be multiplied. God can work effectually. For instance, you can have, during those times when we had doom so, doom so, doom so, and all those things, you could have the lights coming on, but it can only power the bulbs in the house. It can power the fridge. How is it? It can power the fridge. It can power the microwave. It can power the deep freezer. It can power TV. But it can power some things. Okay, the power that is coming inside cannot bring the fridge on. It cannot cause the fridge to come on. Same thing. You can have God working in you, but the 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 working of God in you and the power that is producing is very small. So you can't conquer and overcome the things that are around you. I don't know if I'm making sense. Uh-huh. So that particular thing, you want to stop that, but you have prayed, you have done. It's not working. It's not going. You are trying to set your mind, but it's not. It's not working as it's supposed to. He's telling you that grace, God can work, God, the, the working of God can multiply in your life. And the peace of God that you enjoy can multiply in your life. How? How can it multiply? Through the knowledge. Hmm? Through what? The knowledge of God. By getting to know more, more about God. Getting to know more about God. The more of God you get in your spirit and in your life and in your mind. The more God works in you. And the more you're able to overcome whatever comes your way. Is it simple to understand? Grace and peace is multiplied on you through the knowledge of God and the knowledge of of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Through knowledge of the judgment delivered. Grace and peace is multiplied to you through the knowledge of God. Yeah. Through. Amplified of this verse. Let's read it. Read it to me. One to go. Have you seen it? Are you serious? Is it simple enough? Yeah. Then, so after seeing all this, I want you to see what is in verse 8. Same book, same chapter, verse 8. For if these things, he's mentioned some things about them. He says that if these things be in you and abound, they make you so that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So it means that you can be barren. You are reading the Bible, but you are not getting the knowledge of God. I don't know if I'm making sense. It says, if these things be in you, they make you. If they be in you and abound, they make you. That you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
It is through the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ that grace and peace is multiplied to you. But it's as if these things are not flowing. You'll be barren in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus. Meaning that grace will not be multiplied to you. And peace will not be multiplied to you. And you will not be delivered. From whatever trouble you are in. Is the equation balanced? Yeah. So what are these things that he's talking about? Go to the next verse. Verse 9. He, he uses very, very sharp words. He says, but, but he that lacked these things, the things that I'm going to mention very soon, is blind and cannot see afar off and has forgotten that he was spared from his old sins. He's going to call some very, very small, small things though. But he says, if these things are not there, if you don't bring them in, in supply in your life, if you don't make sure these, if you don't focus and make sure these things are working in your life, You'll be buying the knowledge of God and you'll be unfruitful in the knowledge of God. And you, it means that you've forgotten where you came from. You are blind. You are spiritually blind. You know the spiritual blindness, spiritual deafness, and spiritual lameness. Someone can be in the church, but he's spiritually deaf. We will talk and he will not hear. But he's physically, he's physically, his ears are opened. Hey, it's a serious thing. Go to the next verse 10. Wherefore, the rather brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. If, for if you do these things, this is mentioned, these things, you shall never fall. So what I'm coming to mention is very important. I'm trying to let you know how important it is before I mention it. When I mention it, oh, oh, is that it? That's what you say, but it's very powerful. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly in the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things. Though you know them and be established in the present truth. He says you know them, but I remind you. He continue. He says, even when I'm dying, yeah, I think it means as long as I'm in this tabernacle to stir you up by putting remembrance. Continue. Knowing that shortly I must put off, I must put off this my this, this my tabernacle. Even as our Lord Jesus Christ has showed me. I'm going to die. But before I die, these are the most important things I want you to remember. This is Peter talking. He says, I will, I'll remind you of these things. Even on my deathbed, I'll be telling you. Don't forget these things. Don't forget these things. If you have them, if they are in supply in your life, you will not be barren, non fulfilling the knowledge of God. You will not be blind. You will never forget. How many of you want to know it? Go to verse 5. It would be great if you read it in the Amplified. He says, for this very reason, adding your diligence to the divine promises. You remember I mentioned the divine promises. It says adding your diligence. It means that this particular thing, eh, be very serious about this particular, these things I'm going to mention. Be very, very serious about them. Employ every effort in exercising your faith to develop something called virtue. The first one is virtue. Next time when I come, I'll explain them one by one for you properly. Go back to the King James. And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith. The word add is, is to mean the Greek word is to supply lavishly. To supply what? Lavishly. lavishly. In other words, these are things that are already inside you. Okay? But let them, I mean, be conscious of them showing forth in your life as a child of God. Okay? He says, aim at setting your mind on Christ, on God, on higher things, not on things on the earth. I've mentioned aim at making love your greatest quest in your life now i'm showing you some other things to aim at the first thing is called virtue virtue aim at something called virtue and virtue means excellence being an excellent christian it says develop virtue excellence resolution then it says christian energy have have energy for christian things be resolute 
in Christian things like you are going to pray and you create energy to pray. We are, we are going for camp. You create energy, spiritual, not you create energy for foolish things. Like there's a party happening, there's a drink up. Do they still do drink ups? It's still done. Eh? Who still do it? My time was small. Now it's higher. Wow. You are, go- you are going forward, isn't it? <laughs> yes, yeah, like when, when there's something bad happening, there's energy. You can mobilize yourself for it. I mean, you won't sleep. You won't sleep when something terrible. Whoa. But all night, all night, Charlie, 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 it's not even, when they say, we're having an all night on Friday, they will come. That's what you say in your mind. Oh, they will come. It's not my, it's not, it's not part of your announcement. It's not part of the ones. Do you understand what I'm saying? It says, if you don't have virtue, if you don't supply, the virtue is inside though, but you must be conscious and resolute about it that I'm going to be someone who, who, who is energized along these lines. Do you, do you like my message? By virtue of that, you says you will not be barren in the knowledge of God. <laughs> because if you, if you energize yourself towards Christian things, Christian stuff, you will definitely get the knowledge of God. You see what you're hearing? Those who didn't come today are not hearing what you're hearing. Probably because some people have just written Wednesday services off. Sunday we have plenty. But Wednesday, me. What am I going to do in Wednesday? Maybe Sunday, they're lucky that they get me. They're lucky that they get me on Sundays. Wednesday. Wednesday night. I don't come. I'm not that type. What type are you? Hallelujah. Then it says in exercising that you develop something called knowledge. Intelligence. He is not talking about knowledge. You see, he's saying that if you have these things, you'll not be buying the knowledge of God. So he, this one cannot be talking about the knowledge of God. He's talking about intelligence. The, the Greek word is gnosis. It means scientific knowledge. Don't be a Christian who does not know anything about what is happening in the world. You understand? You don't know what's, you don't know what's going on. You don't even know, you don't know a lot of things. You are clueless. Yeah, there are some Christians like that. How can you follow up on someone if you don't speak their kind of language? For instance, sometimes when we say we are going for outreach, you will never go to a certain group of people. Do, do you understand? Like you never, because you know that as they talk, you will not understand. You will not. You can't flow, and you can't. <laughs> Yesterday I was talking about this, and I mentioned a certain. Uh, Restaurant in a car. For instance, you are you are you see you are going you are following up with some people. You go, they are talking, and then they say, "Oh, yesterday I went to uh, Coco Lounge to go and do something there. I met my client, and I did this." You see, you think that Coco Lounge is someone's name, <laughs> like it's a barbering saloon or it's a hairdressing salon. You you don't know. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like you don't know a lot of things. Ask your neighbor, are you, are you like that? They, they sell cocoa, cocoa land, they sell cocoa there. You don't know. Like, you don't know what's going on. Like, do you, do you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> I was being told that someone was, someone, they asked someone st- about Stone Boy. <laughs> they asked somebody about Stone Boy. They said, oh, Stone Boy came to Kumasi to come and do this. Then the person asked, ah, who is Stone Boy? Then they said, oh, Stone Boy is in Alpha Church. <laughs> 
and the person believed it that Stoneboy is in Alpha Church. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> Hallelujah. I mean, you, have, you don't have a clue of what is going on. Some of you don't like even reading news. Like on Facebook, when the, the, new, the news item you don't like, yes. Just pull up. What is happening in Kenya right now? What is the present circumstance or condition? What is the latest thing that has happened in Kenya that is all over the world? Who? Odinga has declared himself president of the country after they, had, they have inaugurated their president about three months ago. So today there are two presidents in the country. And the country is brewing. They are, they are pushing towards civil war actually. You see, but if there's no Christian, if you don't have Christ- that kind of intelligence, like gathering facts, some small, small facts, it will never push you. You wouldn't know what to even pray about. Your prayer will not be correct. Did you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, you don't even know what's happening in the country. When I say, how many, what is the unemployment, graduate unemployment, this is, listen, graduate unemployment percentage. Not the non-graduates are not part. This is the graduate unemployment percentage. Those who have gone to university and are not employed. What is the percentage? You may not know. Do you get it? You, don't, you are just going to school. And you are just going to finish. When you graduate, you'll be so happy. you throw your hat into the sky. Hey, come and come and see what will happen. <laughs> Take a picture. You are happy. Be happy. But, I mean, know what is going on and let that dictate. Let it help you in your... It says, if that gathering knowledge about fact will stir up your knowledge concerning God. It will push you to start... When you look at the way the world is going, you say, yeah, I mean, from the Bible, serious. You will take your Bible seriously. But if you don't know what's going on, you're just moving. You're just moving in the system. You're just... You, are, you know Ademus house? Ademus house. Ademus house. You're just, you're just in the system. You're just moving. Yeah, you are excited. You are just happy. You don't know what's going on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You understand know what I'm saying? Yeah, knowledge, like nurses, gathering intelligence, being intelligent about what's going on around you. Necessary things, not being ignorant, not being an ignoramus, you're just in a system. Can you imagine that God would want you to be an erudite? God would want you to be an erudite. Have you heard of Bitcoin? Heard of Bitcoin? You, see, you should try and find out, okay, what is it? What is it? How can I use it to become, to do something? I mean, those things are allowed in the house of God. Do you understand? Yeah, what, is the, what, is the, what are the investments that are going on around that we can capitalize on and use and do something? If you, I have someone in church who has an investment portfolio that is more than 600,000 Ghana cities. One person in church. Because he's, he's intelligent, he's not a fool. A lot of Christians are fools, actually. I'm sorry for saying it, but I'm telling the truth. It's like they, they keep singing, this world is not my home. I'm just a passer through. You are just passing through, so you don't want to know anything that's happening around. That is why you pass through poor. Even though Jesus said that, occupy till I come. This is what he says, occupy till I come. Before I come, you dominate before I come. But how can you dominate if you don't have intelligence concerning what is going on around you? I mean, you are making a mistake. He says that will, it, your lack of that will make you barren in the knowledge of God. Hey, it's a very serious thing. Oh. Intelli- God wants you to be smart. To be very, very smart. 
We have to have smart people in the church. Everybody must be smart. You know what's going on. And you know what to do to navigate your way through. Because you have prayed. Yeah. You know what's going on. A lot of Christians, they don't know anything. They don't know anything. We say, oh, okay, so, uh, what is happening? Ekufad is reading, uh, the finance minister is reading budget. You are not, you are not interested. What are you, you are not interested. You think you are a child. Do you know, today I was listening to the news. I listen to news. Just know what's going on. I listen to the news. Listen to business news. Not just anything. You know, Shatawale is going to sing here. He's, he's making his money. He's making, you know, he signed up with a, a xylophone media. He's, they're going to give him Rolls Royce and all that. He's making plenty of money, isn't he? He's also, he's intelligent. He's not a fool. He's intelligent. He's using his trade to do something for himself. Hallelujah. But as I was watching the news, we were talking about cashew. Cashew production in this country. Cashew. If I were not a pastor, I would go straight, I would straight into cashew. Straight. Yeah. They are doing planting for food, whatever. And they are, they try, they are trying to focus on cashew. The cashew business is already in the system. They are doing it. Ivory Coast produces about 700 metric tons of cashew every year. Ghana produces about 7,000. 700,000 to 7,000. So they want to increase it. The market is there, everything is there, but the production is very small in the country. And do you know the, you know the companies? I, I got to know the companies that are involved in cashew a long time ago. They are foreign companies who are in this country. They are foreigners who have come. There was a Lebanese in church. Khalil. He was working for a cashew. He was growing a cashew whatever. They were paying huge amounts of money just to grow it and manage it. And then they would transport it. And they'll make a lot of money. But we are Christians. We are sitting in the system. And we don't know what's going on. We are crying about poverty. We are crying about unemployment. We are crying about a lot of things. Meanwhile, these people come and come and take advantage of our own system. You are traveling. You see a lot of white, black people going. If you've bugged before, you know what I'm talking about. When you pass on the system in the plane, Ghanaians, then they'll be insulting each other. Hey, That's what they're saying. They're just saying in the plane. Saying things. When you are coming back, Am I lying? When you are coming back, there are a lot of whites sitting in the plane coming. But their destination is Accra, Ghana. They are coming to this country. Why are they coming? There's money here. But because we have not yet gathered intelligence. Ah, but what's just facts? Gather CIA is what's central intelligence. They just, their job is to gather intelligence. Facts have no about things. What is happening in this country? What's happening? And then with their knowledge, they make a certain decision. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So he's, he's saying, Charlie, be wild. Don't just be a Christian who just exists. You are just in the system. You are just in the system. You want to buy iPhone, iPhone X. Show him prayer. You, like you, you don't even check the functions to see what, what is happening. Like you, you just make purchases. You just do things. And it's like it's a sign of my prosperity. Glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Pastor, I have a testimony. I just bought an iPhone X. It uses my face. I'm using it. Pastor, it works. You don't have that intelligence of cutting your coat according to your size. It's small. It's like cut your coat according to. What is your size now? What can you do now? Do it according to that level. And prepare yourself for something greater. 
because you belong to the level of greatness. That's what it's gathering intelligence. Not being an ignorant person. Just existing in a system. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Am I talking to you? Yeah. Instead of letting the last of the flesh, the last, the pride of life and all those things take a hold of you. Become a correct Christian. Supply these things lavishly into your life. You will not be barren. No unfruitful. You become correct. You, produce, you become focused. You, the Bible says the wise man looketh into the future. A prudent man looketh into the future and steer the evil coming and hides himself. Hallelujah. Charlie, tell me, but I'm, I'm going to be wise. I'm going to be intelligent. I won't just exist. I'll find ways and means of making God's word work. You see, in March, you're going to hear me talk about, hear me talking about these things a lot. I'm going to talk about, like, business, like, like trying, opening up your mind and your heart to some things, what you can do. Years ago, I preached about some of these things. When some people were leaving school, and I told them, if five of you should come together and say that, what was it? Teamwork. I spoke about teamwork. Power of teamwork. I have some friends, okay? Five of them, they came together and decided that every month they were going to put 500 Ghana. They were all working. They started working. As soon as they started working, they said, okay, every month we're going to contribute 500 Ghana cities to this particular project. Today they have millionaires. I mean, they have rich. They started doing it. I, finished, I left school 10 years ago, so you can imagine. A long time ago, every month they'll put 500 Ghana cities down. 500 Ghana cities. Like together, five, five of them. So one, two, three, four, five. Five, five is what? That's 2,500 cities every month. Multiply it by 12. How much is that? <laughs> 25 times 10 is uh, 25,000, isn't it? And then plus 50,000. That's what? Plus 5,000, rather. That's 30,000. So 30,000 every year. Hmm? And they started investing it. They weren't letting the money sit down. They started investing it. When they get to a certain critical points, they started doing farms, getting into farms. They have money, intelligence. One person cannot do it. But if we are together, we trust each other, we can do it, we can work. I see you prospering in Jesus' name. I see you doing well. Whilst they are doing graduate unemployment, I see you doing something better with your life. Rise up on your feet and just thank God for what He has shared with you. God bless you for listening. Keep listening to the word as Christ is made the center of your world. For prayer and counseling, call 24 